Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the universe are you. Welcome to Atlantic Discourse. I'm still your host, your boy, your man. I'm always here for you. My name remains Ade Balogo. And today we're going to talk about another very interesting topic. It has something with, to do with the moment, you know. So that's why I picked that particular topic. This particular topic, which is how much longer does Vladimir Putin have in power? Yes, that's what we're going to talk about. It's not looking too good for him. So we have to look at why and all that. So basically, I always break it down into segments, you know. So uh, I have a first segment here is the war was a mistake in the first instance. That's number one. Number two, you're underrating the Ukrainians, you know. Number three, state of the sanction and its effects on Russia. And number four, and finally, you have how much longer does Putin have in power, which is the title and headline for today. But as you know, at Atlantic Discourse, we embrace all facets of humanity to disseminate positive news to the world filled with a lot of very bad news. We give a voice to the unheard always, we balance the information equation, we search and discuss the facts wherever I lead, we combine the best of the human race to get the best out of mankind. We serve as a bridge between the developing and the developed world. We embrace business, arts, sports, politics, IT, health, history and field-based issues. We never shy away from the facts. That's what we do here. So I'm going to talk about how much longer do Putin have in power. We don't know, but you know, we're just going to look at facts available and looking at history, what has happened in the past and uh, what have you. So let's, let's cut the chase. Okay, the war was a mistake here. Yeah, that's the first thing we're looking at. Firstly, the Russian army has always been overrated. Everybody has been saying, oh, the Russia this, Russia that. We're going to be in Kyiv, the capital of Ukraine, in four or five days. That definitely did not happen. Now we know that the Russian army was demoralized, was ill-prepared. You know, those guys don't. I mean, compared to the American military who has been fighting a lot of wars, they are well oiled. I mean, this war in Ukraine actually makes the whole world recognize that you just have to you have to respect the american military the way they handle their supply the way they refuel the way they their logistics i mean compared to what russia is doing now we just have to give it to them and i'll tell you the chinese everybody too is making noise about chinese this and that they are not tested the only military that has been tested everywhere in every continent in the world are the americans so that's why i said the war itself was a mistake, you know, and uh, I think Putin overrated himself and his army. I don't think they were really prepared for it. They've been fighting at the Donbass and Crimea for a while with the Ukrainians, so clearly they were not really the man. And the Ukrainians knew them very well, you know. Now, the other way, the other thing I'm going to look at in this is that Russia is not an economic superpower, you know. Contrary to it, yes, they have nuclear weapons. They probably have the largest arsenal of nuclear warheads in the world. But they are not a superpower. Economically, if you look at trading partners with the United States, for example, Russia is not even among the first 20. So, yes, I know they have 10% of all the oil, the world, oil, yeah, output, but 10%, yeah, but that doesn't make you fix the world series, you know. America has maybe about 12 or 11% of that, and America would not claim that it's a major producing country because the Basque rebel is of so many other things. Now, the other thing that makes it a very stupid idea is that China cannot ditch the West for Russia. Yes, 
China is saying the right thing to sweeten Russia, maybe because of this, but China is not going to ditch the world because of uh, because of Putin. It's not possible. That some Chinese banks are already not doing business with Russia, so that, that's part of the reason. You know, there's nothing Russia is actually offering the world. I mean, unlike China, China is offering the world a lot of trade, commerce, cheap goods. You know. America and China, they're the two, they're, they're, they're two biggest principal trading partners. So Russia is nothing like that to anybody else, you know. So outside the nuclear warhead, some oil, they're nothing extraordinary, you know. So and uh, it was clear that it was desperate. And in my opinion, the desperation he showed in the invasion of Ukraine is a sign that it's the end time for him because the, the what you call dictators, they only do all those things. Is being in and out of power, exchanging with Medvedev, swapping and all that. But it does look to me that in his book of tricks, there's really nothing more. And that invasion, believing fully that the world was divided, I think united the world. And the world is really, really united against him. So the war was a mistake up in issue. I'm sure you all agree with me that you should never have done it. Now these guys are demoralized, the army is overstretched. They don't even know how to get supplies. I mean, apart from Belarus, nobody else is fighting alongside the Russians. I mean, what 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 really makes it more fascinating, you know, is that even the the all the immigrants. I mean, the the asylees, the the, the war people suffering from war. All of them. Nobody is really going east towards Russia. Everybody is going west. So, if Russia was such a solid place or almost popular the ukrainians will never ever 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 you know go west they'll probably go in russia but now people are going poland going to poland romania and what have you so in my opinion there i think that also nails it that they're not popular there so why invade a country you're not popular don't forget that the referendum that took place in 91 or was in 92 for the independence of ukraine 92 percent of the ukrainian population voted for independence and that clearly means they didn't want to be part of the old USSR which is Russia today so let's go to number two underrating the Ukrainian yes he did he really really did you know one Ukraine was a strong united and sovereign country when a country is sovereign united and strong like that you don't mess with them you don't you don't you don't you don't put your hand in their mouth because they will bite you you know you know they never wanted to be part of russia in the first instance so those are the reasons why i think the invasion was ill-time and he underrated the ukrainians which is what we're talking about so he should never have done that that i felt was very 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 bad advice you know now ukraine has good and coordinated leadership i look at zelensky a lot you know and and the way he talks the vigor the determination the sense of direction i mean it was like if he was born for this moment that guy is is overwhelming and I know so many countries that have very horrible leaders, especially in Africa, have been asking where is their own Zelensky, you know. So, Ukraine has a sympathy of the world and we, keep, we all keep forgetting that. Even in the old Soviet days, you know, uh, Ukraine was the home of uh, most of the nuclear weapons then. They, they had to sign an agreement for Ukraine to relinquish most of those nuclear warheads. In fact, America paid Ukraine a certain amount of money, I think 600 to 800 million at that time under Bill Clinton, I'm not too sure. But I mean, if you also remember the AK-47 rifle, it all came out from Ukraine, you know. So Ukraine has always been a bastion of uh, of war, bastion of glory, 
bastion of agriculture, bastion of military armament, bastion of nuclear weapon. I mean, it, if you, you, they're even an economic power, maybe not superpower, because most of the wheat they eat in the world came, are coming from Ukraine. Hence, you see the bread and so many other stuff are expensive in so many parts of the world now. So they had the sympathy of the world. You don't invade a country that has Western, no, I wouldn't want to put in Western sympathy, but a country that has the sympathy of the world, you know, because they're united and strong. Putin was ill-advised. I, I, I mean, it's not clear that because he's a dictator and probably isolated now, his advisors told him what he wanted to hear. They didn't tell him the truth about what the situation is. Most of Ukraine, like I said, is a food basket, you know, so they are strategic, you know. I mean, they are very, 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 very strategic. Russia, knowing the kind of uh, enemies they have, should not have ventured that way. There are better ways of doing it, and you know, so you, you, don't, you don't do that. Now, Ukrainians are also sending the right messages. They are, you know, like I said, they underrated them. Ukrainians are sending the right. If you see Zelensky talk, Zelensky has addressed about 21 parliament all over the world. And those 21 parliament, they are top notch. The best of Europe, the best of America, G7, top notch, from Australia to the Canadian parliament, to the UK parliament, to the American parliament, I mean, what else is left? The French parliament, the Italian parliament, and they all keep doffing their hat. Even Western countries have not given the requisite support. When Zelensky speak to their parliamentarians and their congresses, they power pressure on their government of the day to get things done for, for Ukraine. So that's that, you know? Then China will not, will not have invaded, I mean, would invade Taiwan. I mean, Let's go to check, check Taiwan, the very small country compared to China. China is a, is a military Leviathan, so to say. But they will not make this kind of blunder. China, for example, wants to flourish economically. They want stable world economy. China knows that for it to flourish and be relevant as a country, they don't need to fight any war. They want a stable world where everybody will try, where there will be commerce, and that's all there is to it for them. So I don't even see China doing to Taiwan what Vlad, Vladimir Putin did to Ukraine. So which also used as a point to buttress that he underrated them. China will underrate Taiwan. I mean, I've seen people say even China, if they invade Taiwan, it's not going to be a walk in the park for terrain issues. Well, we're not praying for it. But then they have not done it. Yes, they do have some minus chemicals. They fly their planes out of. I mean, it ends there. They don't act like a talks or they, they, they're, they're not charlatanistic in approach, so to say. They are wise and well, well framed. So they know that. Now, look at Russia today with all their superpowers, so to say, mantra. They get hacked, you know. Now they've hacked. There was a time on Russian national TV, some guy just hacked in and changed the entire program. You know, that means they are variable, their electrical grid has been hacked, their government, the Ministry of Defense, so many strategic Russian establishments have been hacked by Ukrainians, by Ukrainian uh, cyber specialists during this war. So, like I said, he underrated them. In the past, it has always been Russia hacking the Ukrainian, disturbing their power grid now. The reverse is the case and they are doing it very 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 well so i mean ukrainian like i said they're they're, they're equipped for the fight they, they knew what was coming you know and the west is equipping them i actually think they're actually even more equipped that they're pretending or saying they are i think i think the ukrainians are there 
fully, fully, fully are ready to go and they are getting the right equipment, you know. So, and I think some of the things they say misleads the Russians too, you know. They, they say things that will direct the Russians east, whereas they are going west. So, they are doing a very, very, very good job in that regard. Now, let's look at state of distractions and the effect on Russia. Like I said, China cannot say Russia. I think that's just it. That's just it. They are banking too much on China and India, you know. So, America has already read the right act to India, you know, after what happened in Pakistan. Because the Pakistan premise that was just removed, the former is it baseball player or okay, I can't remember what his name is, said he was American and influenced. So, yeah, I mean, you 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 are fraternizing with, with Vladimir Putin. America will strike one way or the other. Don't forget that America gives Pakistan some very crazy amount of billions annually so that I mean, because they're a nuclear country too, you know, just to keep things at bay. And Pakistan, everybody knows, is the army that holds the ace. Not Nawaz Sharif, not Pavez Musharraf, Vodo, a former general, not Bhutto, Bhutto, late Bhutto. And, you know, the history of Pakistan is, is, is you know, it's uh, replete with things that you can relate to. So the Bangalore now, India that Putin is banking on, the moment the Prime Minister of Pakistan was removed, America had a meeting with them. Imagine Biden, the Secretary of State Blinken, the Secretary of Defense, reading the riot act to the Indian leadership, you know, diplomatically. And I think India got the message because I think India have not, they've really cooled down on their rhetoric recently. So China would not say Russia, India would not say Russia. So they, they were very tactless in that. You know, um, Europe, whether we like it or not, and they've said it, in no the not too distant future to stop buying Russian gas. They will have to stop eventually. I'm thinking by the end of the year. They don't have to go to Kuwait. They don't have to go to Bahrain. They don't have to go to the UAE. They don't have to go to Qatar to get gas. They're just going to go into electric and other, you know, renewable energy and all that. And I think that they've, they've been working on it seriously. They're just going to contribute their effort and, and, and do that, you know. So Western business exodus is also a, of a major effect. You know, it, it is massive. Mastercard, Visa card, all the banks, you know. Imagine that Burger King, you know, all the, all the fast food outlet, things that make a Western capital glow. You know, you, you go to you go to Moscow, you have to see quartz wristwatch, that wristwatch, this mall, this all those things are gone, they're closed down. We're talking about from Swedish companies to Italian companies, American companies. Imagine you having a MasterCard, a Russian oligarch rich guy in London, you, you swipe your card, it's not going. The top five banks in Russia are off the swift, you know. Russia, uh, Russia Central Bank cannot even transact major businesses. So there are a lot of trouble. I mean, now, because we're looking at the state of the sanctions. Now, Russians cannot even visit. Elitist Russians cannot visit a lot of Western capital. They don't get the, the main train outlet out of uh, Russia into Western country in Finland have been closed. So that, 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 that's, a, that's a major albatross for them there. So they're already alienated and it's making life really, 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 really bad, you know. So oligarchs are also broke. Yes, they have money, but they cannot access their money. I've heard people say, yeah, they're keeping a blind trust, third party this, Chinese bank this. I'm telling you, man, I heard the Attorney General of America say the other day that we'll find you, we'll trace you, we'll get it. America, they don't forget. When they want it, they go for it, they get it. So 
Oligata, bro. Just yesterday, Usmanov Yach was 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 seized. I think in Germany, he changed the name, the ownership to his sister. And they still got it. So, man, the Oligata on the run, and these are the guys that back him. So, they they are feeling it. He is feeling it. Six hundred billion dollars worth of uh, Russia central bank money. It's frozen, and I can tell you. When all this is over, that money is going to Ukraine to rebuild Ukraine. <laughs> that's that's just the truth, you know. So, so that's that. So most of the politicians that stole money and kept them, I mean, the Russian politicians that stole money, they all kept them in Western banks anyway. So what we're we talking about? Can they access the money now? No, you know. Even those that kept it in Asia, a lot of them still can't access it. So there's still a lot of a, a lot of effect of the sanction and that's why people are grumbling why fight the war was it called for well what's the basis of it the first is that now russia is not china the economy will collapse it is collapsing the rubles is going down china has a lot to offer the world economically russia does not so even with the oil russia cannot just remain uh, an economic power like that there's more that comes to you you can't you can't be an economic power in isolation you know so the sanction is hitting deep and it's hitting really 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 bad you know i mean the all all, all the western media are out you know youtube is not even propagating the russian gospel on youtube i mean that that that's 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 deep you know so they're in trouble, no doubt. Russia needs more than oil, you know. That's that's one thing they have realized now. We know they get about a billion or more daily from European market, but they need more than that. That's all, all there is to work. So when you look at the state of sanction generally, things are not looking good for them. They never expected that in, in about 60 days it will hit out. I can tell you for free that three months from now, Moscow will be, it's going to look like uh maybe maybe paraguay in 1955 because there's going to be a lot of massive exodus of people back to the countryside and that's already happening so will they survive that no, nobody because people are hungry already you know nothing is really happening then the soldiers that went to war already telling people what happened and ukraine really killed a lot of russian soldiers at the last count we're talking about 15,000 plus which is a lot in itself so Let's see how that goes, but when you look at state of sanction, it's hitting hard, it's hitting bad, and uh, Russia cannot just survive on the oil. Getting those cash itself, you know, and uh, they've already defaulted, you know, on, on some of their loans, you know. They want to pay rubles, the, the, the Europeans don't want rubles, World Bank don't want rubles, the American Bank don't want rubles. They can only pay that. Do they have the dollars? No, they don't have it, you know. So, I mean, if you want to say you don't want to sell to anybody, China can't buy all your oil, India can't buy your oil. Like India have said, okay, they're getting the oil at the wrong bottom price, but that still will not put, put him where he was before the war. He's in a lot of trouble. So, now, the big question now is, uh, if we look at everything, how much longer does Putin have in power? That's a big question. So, number one, I think he's isolated. He's so, so, so isolated, and that's not good for him, you know? Is isolated and uh, my prediction is that he has between two weeks and two years to be in power well two weeks anything can happen right now a lot of his generals are not with him a lot of people are under house arrest and all that I'll try and go into that before I round up but things are not looking good he's isolated 
He doesn't trust anybody. When you see most of his meeting is sitting at one end of the table and with the people he's meeting with are the other side uh, end of the table. He's not shaking anybody. He knows what they've been doing, killing people with poison and handshake. So he knows his next and uh, he's ex-KGB too. And I hear KGB now, they call FSB. Most of those guys too are not happy with him. The rumors are everywhere, you know, so that enough is enough. The oligarchs are made him, the old oligarchs, the new oligarchs, they're all like, man, this guy should just go, you know? They might not be saying it, those words, but people are kind of fed up. And after all people, this war, it's not between Ukraine and Vladimir Putin. It's actually between the CIA and Vladimir Putin. Nobody wins that kind of battle with the CIA. And they not him in, they're gonna kick his ass, they're gonna deal with him, and they're doing it very, very well. You know, he can't even enjoy his stolen money. We hear he's stolen or amassed well over a trillion. Does he have access to those money? No. Even his kids, his wife, his ex-wife, his family, they are all sanctioned. Nobody enjoys all his money in Moscow or Leningrad alone. They have to go to Western Capital. You have to go to Dubai. You have to go to London, New York, you know, Zurich, Geneva, you know, Canberra, Sydney. But right now, his personal non grata. He can't do that, you know. So, Everybody knows that when a dictator loses a war, they don't last long. That's which is what is happening to him. It's not going to last long. Because the war in Ukraine now is moving soldiers away from Kyiv, they're about the Donbass area. That battle, they can't also win because they, they have just about 15,000 soldiers there ready to, you know, fight. Ukraine has that amount of, you know, soldiers too, and they are equipped. It's going on. The weather is changing now. The rains are coming. I don't see any way the Russians will, go, will triumph in that weather. So they're, they're in trouble. So I think his push is not too far. He's overrated. He has demystified himself. All these problems are self-inflicted. I mean, so to me, the CIA versus putting thing. The CIA guys are doing a human's job. I, I give kudos to them. You know, they gave the javelins. Look at what happened today. The ship that was that sunk, you know. That's a missile the British gave to the Ukrainians, they loaded the missile, just piled to pow pow. And you know, look at what happened. The ship didn't sink immediately. They had to start towing it to safety. But while they were doing that, the hull was damaged, the ship capsized. Now guess what? There were six Russian vessels in that area when that happened. All the other, even though the Russians denied, they said there was an explosion on board. But how you know the Ukrainians were the one that destroyed it was that after that explosion, all the other Russian ships in that vicinity, they sailed away to, you know, as far as possible so that those missiles would get to them. Also, we know the Russian casualty, like I said earlier, was too high. It has been too high, sorry. It's so, so, so high. All those information is getting to people. The army is really, 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 really demoralized. I can't see them fighting. And you can tell the way they are putting and these guys are just sending in missiles to to Ukraine. I mean, that's not going to work. So, his actions are purely genocidal. So, and I think <laughs> it's going to pay for it one way or the other. So, whatever happened, history will never favor Putin. He's a war criminal and the West will never let go. History, history is there to, to prove it. You know, when the world is against you like that, it's happened before. Hitler didn't escape it. He ended up committing suicide. You know, when you look at history, when the whole world, even Saddam Hussein, the whole world went against him. When you are isolated, and we can see, even Putin is not really, really in the Kremlin like that. He stays in one of his dashes outside Moscow. So that shows his isolation. 
the world leader that talked to him, the, the Chancellor of Austria was there recently and he had a shouting match. You know, something that would never have happened. Imagine how small Austria is, you know. So he's it, it, lost the hoodoo and nobody really, really respects him anymore. So, like I said, the end of Vladimir Putin, with all that is happening in Europe, many of us are already asking ourselves, how much longer, you know, can he possibly be in power? So I don't know if you guys read Dragonfly, their calculation, which are, you know, they're expert consultants in the intelligence and security analysts. If it's accurate, they say Putin will be in power for two more years. Well, I mean, I, I, I've said my own calculation is that between two weeks and two years, I think things are actually worse but things are so pathetic for him now that we outsiders think I think things are really bad and he's very worried and I think anything can happen anytime. Dagon Fire also predicted that uh, instead the prediction about Putin were made in public they made that as his Dragonfly they made those predictions you know probably in British media like Daily Sun, Daily Mirror one of the main conclusions is that on February, that's the last February 24, the Russian president risks his future with the, with the invasion of Ukraine. So that also goes back to what I said, I've been issued that he was never supposed to do it, you know. Even though intelligence analysts of the same Dragonfly already predicted that Putin will carry out this operation, but they all said at the same time, part of their recommendation that he was going to regret doing it. So now they know he was looking at the future. Dragonfly also predicted that Putin will not last more than two years in office, especially if Western economic sanctions against Russia lead to a financial crisis in the country. That's already happening. So, it's, it's, uh, so I mean, we can go on and on. Russia's key, Russia economy is also key because if he doesn't have a grasp of it and he's losing it badly, the economy in three months' time, if he's still in power, will be will be down, down, down. So it's likely to highly affect what's going to happen. You know, so. I mean, Dragonfly also said that that economy, like I said, that that's, that's going to really, really determine how fast things go. The oligarch can respond, the military guys too will respond, because some of the generals too are corrupt, they have money in different bar. We already heard that he's locked up some of his top, top people, some have been poisoned, the uh, Minister for Defense we hear is bedridden now. We don't know whether what happened to him is uh, self-inflicted or poisoned, but, but we know Putin is all happy with him. Dragonfly also maintains that the military offensive against Ukraine has been toxic, you know. It's been a toxic move from, from circles close to Putin, you know. They're all, they all grumbling, they were not consulted before he invaded. He just did things arbitrarily, he's on his own. A lot of them don't tell him the truth, they, they were against the war. So in things like this, you know, this is the, the logical thing is that they probably get rid of it. It's not impossible. So. I mean, since almost the beginning of the Russian offensive in Ukraine, both the European Union and the United States have moved quickly and jointly to block and suffocate Russia economically. That's what they're doing and it's working, you know. So, these sanctions are also making a dent in the financial viability of the country's most affluent. Those are the oligarchs, the rich people, and they are ultimately crucial partners of the president. Some of them have been reported to have told him that he should stop what he's doing, but he's not listening. And if he doesn't, they might have to do the, you know, the, the justice themselves. We've seen it before, it's happened in history, you know. So, Dragonfly also points directly to half a dozen of Vladimir Putin's allies whose loyalties could depend on him remaining in power. They are oligarch or senior leaders, you know, or both together, you know. Now, these guys, if Putin leave power, they don't, they don't give a damn who he is, they're not loyal to him anymore. So that's also a problem is or right now a lot of them don't even communicate with him. They're thinking of how to survive with their 
with their own families, you know. So everybody is in trouble, is in a bigger trouble. So like I said, I think it's actually in more trouble than we think. So there are six important names that we all have to look at. They are very key to a survivor. Now that's I mean, Sergey Nashkishin, that's the head of the Foreign Intelligence Service. You know, I I don't know too much about him. But I know the next name, Sergei Shoigu, that's Minister of Defense, is the one that says bedridden. They say some say he's been poisoned or something within that area. You also have Alexandra Botnikov, that's the former head of the Internal Security Service of the Federal Service of the Russian Federation. You also have Nikolai Patrushev, head of the Security Council of Russia. You have Sergei Cheminos, that's the head of the state company, Rostec. And Igor Sechin, popular Igor Sechin, the CEO of the oil company, Rostec. That's the Russian. How come these guys? I mean, two of them alone, if they decide to go against this guy, is in trouble, you know. I also think that if Vladimir Putin leaves power, it will not be violent or true. It could, yeah, I think maybe they poison him, or he just wants to survive, negotiate an easy way out, and you know, because Yeltsin also picked him because he was just an unassuming guy and, and you know, power is transient, you never you don't have it forever. I mean, even if you're the type that wants to rule like that forever you know death could take you away or sometimes you have to step down yeltsin stepped down for unhealth reasons too you know so according to Gra dragonfly what we will more likely see is a group of squad men in ill-fitting suit walking into the kremlin and uh president putin then will be to we will be told by the media that he's healed so he's having to step down there are rumors already that he has cancer so Dragonfly is saying that, well, maybe their own, one of the things that will take him out about that, well, they're stepping down due to ill because history has shown also that when the military wants to take you out or your supporters don't want you again, they just say, just leave, just leave, or you will kill you or something like that. So let's see what happens. But I mean, family reason, ill health, those are another thing, but they already, like I said, there's speculation about his ill health. The Daily Mirror said that also. So. Nobody is sure. Right now, he's unapproachable. He's, he's, he's isolated. Uh, President Macron of France confirmed that. So we, we we just don't know. And his confidence is decreasing. You can see from his body language, he's not authoritative. Even Donald Trump said it, that confidence in Vladimir Putin among his political and military collaborators have been lost due to Ukrainian war dragging on. So his self-confidence has waned. It's the confidence his followership have in him have waned. So he's not the Putin we used to know. Like I said, Macron com com confirmed it. And all the leaders have even gone to meet him. So the Chancellor of Austria, where the child shouting match with him, something that would never have happened two months back, shows that he's lost that hoodoo, you know, that economic, that strong man, it's not there again, you know. And Russians are losing so many soldiers, even a good number of the generals and commanders have died, at least in Ukraine. We can count between 15 and 20 that have died, you know. Strategic, strategic guy, you know. So, Dagonfa also predicts, uh, prediction may, they're saying, how should I put it, they're saying that his families, his, his kids are outside the country, so he's also weak. He can, they say he can't even relate or talk to them. So, uh, but that the general feeling among his own immediate family that he should step down, and that's their Western countries anyway. So, that that's also not good for him so or perhaps the analysis is simple western propaganda in the hope of i mean if western propaganda is saying that putin is weak then it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy 
he wants to see his daughter, he can't access them. A lot of houses that belong to his children all over the world, some have been burned, some have been broken down. There was one in Paris, they just sent Ukrainian refugees to be living there free of judgment. So, I mean, so only time we tell, Putin has been in power since 1999, and leaders like him are difficult to push aside, clearly. So two years to his final days may be a rather optimistic prediction made by his enemies, although it's also true that no one is eternal, which is what I'm trying to say. So let's just uh, call it a wrap there. I'm giving him between two weeks and two years. I think it's, the end is here. It, it's, it's not possible. He is committed a lot of atrocities even before the Ukrainian war, meddling the American election. I don't think the CIA will ever forgive that kind of thing. You know, and uh, nobody should underrate America. America is the, is the most powerful country in the world. America has extraordinary institutions. It's the greatest country in the world, no matter what anybody has to say about China. The mere fact that it's democratic and what have you, you know, the country that accommodates every creed, tribe, religion, just like that, open like that. So, you know, you don't fight that kind of system. And I think uh, Putin beat more than he could chew. And I think America, you know, they're back and they're, they're going to deal with him one way or the other. And they are dealing with him. So only time will tell. So I'm going to call it a wrap. I say between two weeks and two years. So uh, I've been getting calls about the what I said about voodoo, myth, or reality. Yeah, I've finished work on it, but I've not decided when I'm going to release it. Uh, I don't have a reason for holding back. But I'm, 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 I'm talking about Putin's time in power now because it's, uh, it's, it's meeting the moment, you know. So that's why I'm doing that, you know. So like I said, we'll call it a wrap. It's still Atlanta Discourse. I'm still your boy, Ade Balogo. I'm here with very juicy topic. Next week, I'm coming with even a more juicy topic. I've not decided what the topic will be yet, but I got, I got a lot lined up for you. So thanks for always being there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the subscriptions on the www.atlantadiscourse.blog. Thanks for following on Instagram, Facebook, where, where, everywhere. So we we thank you. It's uh, the first quarter of the year is gone. We're at the second quarter. So we're really going to come up with a lot of very, very juicy and interesting topics. Take care. Have a nice weekend. Bye.